What's up, everybody? Oh, hello. It's number four. Number four. We're going to give, give you some more for number, number four. four. What, what? <laughs> That's freestyling right there, everybody. We didn't practice. Uh, no, not at all. That's just, you know. That's just how we roll. That's just how we roll. We yeah. just, you know, we hit record. And we see what comes out. Whatever comes out, it's a surprise to us, so we know it's a surprise to you. Absolutely. That's that's just how we roll. It, it, There's no common you know, thread that we're going to ever start. So just, you know, if you're listening. Buckle up if you're in your car. You know, if you're not in your car. Buckle up. Buckle up anyway. Yeah. Sit on your couch. Ba-ching. Get up. <laughs> that was me buckling the, the my The fact that off. Mara actually did the motion with it, though. <laughs> Like bitching and did the whole motion. Yeah, buckle that's up. not the way that buckle my, up, Buttercups. That's right. That's not even the way that my um, seatbelt sounds. But now it is. Now it is. Yeah. So when you get in your car again, you're going to be like bitching. Yes, but with more enthusiasm. I not know. quiet. I know. I will too. Just so you know, you won't be alone at this. <laughs> Thank you. I do appreciate that. So Sonia. Yes. How you doing? How you doing? How you doing? I, is that Don't a- you know? Oh, gosh, I don't even know how people from Wisconsin speak, but is that how they speak? Oh, my God. I heard so much of that accident. And it was funny because I was getting, oh, you're from Jersey? Where's your accent? I said, excuse me. Excuse me. I do have an accent. I have a South Jersey accent. Not all New Jerseyans sound like they're from New York. That is very true. Yeah. So, you know, we have our own special twang. We do, because there's a difference. We do. So for those of you who are wondering, what what is she talking about? What is, what's going on right now? And I just jerseyed it because I said talking. You did talking. What is she talking about? Okay, so um, this past weekend, I went to the National Children and Youth Garden Conference. We talked a little bit about it last time because Mayor wanted me to bring back some cheese curds. I'll have you know, she did not bring back. I tried. Whoa, whoa, whoa. She did not bring back either cheese curds nor anything badger related. Therefore, I know. what I want to know is, what were you doing that was so important that you could not get those things? Well, okay. So I flew in and I happened to be presenting. Wait, before you talk about presenting, talk yes. about Frontier Airlines. <gasps> okay. Because so I've never been on Frontier. I... Have not been on Frontier Airlines. Before this weekend. Oh my gosh. So I flew out on Frontier Air and I flew back on American. Okay. So let me just say that Frontier is now my favorite airline. And I don't care what kind of what kind of craziness that people have said, <laughs> but the the flight staff on on that that particular flight. One might call it a flight crew. Oh, the, the crew, the flight staff. <laughs> I don't know what I'm talking about. I'm, I'm still jet lagged, I guess you could say. That whole one hour. Let's, you go, know? let's go with that. <laughs> That's what we're going to say. That whole one hour just messed me all the way up. Um, but that whole flight crew was so amazing. I tweeted about it. I think I tweeted about it. I know I wrote a tweet. I know you told me you were texting me. Oh, I like- was totally texting Mayor the whole time before takeoff. <laughs> Because we're sitting on the plane. I was like, oh, my God. They have a whole song and dance for how to put on your your seatbelt and all your safety things. Do you, wait, do you think that every flight crew on Frontier does this? Or do you I think have that this no was, idea. Like, this particular crew. I don't know. And I need to look this up because, and the sad part is by the time I got my phone 
and to video to get everything right, ready. Right. It was the finishing. So it was you the don't, finale. It was, you don't get anything. There's like nothing to video because it takes you so off guard. It was absolutely amazing. But just the kindness and how wonderful they were. You know, Frontier Air, I'm giving you a huge shout out because I'm going to tell you, I really didn't expect to have a great and comfortable flight. Mm -hmm. I mean, I didn't. I don't really know much about it. It's right. not one of the bigger airlines, I guess, that we see here because right. I don't believe they're based out of Philly at all. No, I don't think so. I but, think you know, I, I was just surprised and absolutely loved it. I Absolutely so loved it. So, well, that's good to hear. Shout outs to you, and I will make sure that I tweet it out and tweet the flight out so that crew can get their props. Nice. Tell me about the symposium. Oh my gosh, this symposium was so wonderful. Now, I have to, you know, give a little disclaimer. It went on for three days prior, oh. but I couldn't make it out to those, but I wanted to make sure I could make it to for Saturdays because I was um, speaking at that one. So of course, you know, I had to do that. Um, it is sponsored by the American Horticultural Society and the entire event is about promoting this, what we do right here, garden education for, for children. And so a three day event, a three day event that is dedicated. Wow. Dedicated to children and youth gardening. And I'm telling you, the people that I met, the encounters that I had, it just, like, I was so excited and invigorated. It was probably like your Disneyland. It like, was. Is... It was completely like, like my Disney experience. Right. It was just amazing to be surrounded by so many incredible, like-minded people yep. who were doing amazing things. And here is one of the parts that surprised me. Okay. So as a presenter, I got a list of like the attendees and you got to see like where everyone's from. Hardly anyone from the East Coast. One other person from New Jersey. Really? One. One. And do you think it's because of where the symposium symposium was located? I don't, or? I, I don't really think so. I think, I just think that it goes to show how the Midwest and the West coast mm -hmm. really push this idea of getting kids outside and this natural, um, type of, you know, learning for children that returning children to nature, letting them engage, letting them be children. Right. I think there's just this different mindset in these parts of the country that we're not seeing on the East Coast as much. So I mean, even we're just a little bit further behind her. I feel like we are really being left in the dust when it comes to this. Mm. I, I don't know if, if it's that, you know, people aren't aware. So if you're listening and you are aware of this conference, of this symposium, and you chose to not go for some reason, please comment, let yeah, me know. Yeah. Or if you didn't know about it, please comment and let us know because I'm really curious. Do a lot of people know about it? Um, I don't know because I have been 
so ingrained within the the gardening world and mm-hmm. in the green industry. You've known about it for a while. I've known about yeah, this. Yeah. And um, this is the first year though that I was invited to to present. <laughs> so, which was completely exciting. So, I don't know if it's, you know, is it, was it just that I kind of knew people who told me, "Hey, you should learn about the American Horticultural Society and the benefits that they have because they are amazing." And they're located in Virginia. Their headquarters are in Virginia. Oh, so I see close a road by. Trip an hour oh, I'm already planning a road trip. So shout out to the ladies at Amport. I absolutely <laughs> love them and I told them we were going to come down and visit the farm. <gasps> yes. It, these superstars were amazing. These ladies that organized this symposium because uh I was there for 24, well, a little over 24 hours, but I was, I flew in Friday evening. It was a quick trip. It was a very quick trip. I'm yeah. still a little tired. Um, <laughs> I flew in Friday evening. I presented Saturday morning. So I had to be up early and, and out. And then my flight coming home Sunday was at 6 a.m. So I had to wake up at 3.45 in the Ooh. morning. And to how get to was, the airport. I mean, I, I think it's only fair. We yeah. talked about your flight out there. Yeah. How was the flight home on American? It was wonderful. Yeah. I, I have no complaints. It was. There was no song and dance. There was no song and dance. <laughs> but, you know, it was great. I, I had a great seat. Um, oh, my gosh. The flight attendant uh, was was amazing. So he took great care of me. I was sitting in, in the front of the plane. So I really enjoyed that. Comfortable. And, um, very comfortable. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, I have no complaints about it. I never have complaints with American Airlines, though, either. But That's good. You know, shout I out do. to both of them for, for <laughs> carrying me safely home and for enjoyable flights. And on the flight back, there was a baby who was the cutest baby I think oh! I've ever seen. I, outside of our own babies. So we talked about you getting there. We talked yeah. about you. <laughs> We forgot to talk about... The actual presentation. Your presentation. So yes. why don't you explain to me? Because I know... Yeah. There was a little back and forth between us before you Oh my gosh. And I was like, are you ready? Are you excited? And you were kind of like, I'm nervous. And I'm like, (laughs) you're a teacher. You talk to people all the time. I talk to children. That's true. That is a different audience. That's, it's a different audience. And when you're talking to children, you know, it's almost like you, you turn on, you go on stage and Mm -hmm. because you have to keep these little people interested in what you're saying for an extended period of time but you know presenting to adults is a, there's a, I feel like there's a little more pressure because kids you can get them in early yeah you, you can, can get them in. to buy in mm-hmm. you know just like a little song like I just did there you know or you do a little freestyle you can hook a kid adults not so easy so one two it, three eyes on me doesn't work it it does not work <laughs> and actually you may lose some people if you do that right so yeah this did you I, ask How's everybody doing? Of course I did. Of course I had to open with that, like, hey, everybody. It's me. I hope everyone's doing great. And I hope some of uh, the people who were there are listening to this podcast because I did actually put this podcast on the final slide. Oh, my God. And I invited them to come listen. So if you were in Wisconsin with me on Saturday, please give us a shout out. Yeah, please give us a little shout. We would love to hear from you. Yeah, so it was absolutely wonderful. Um, We had a really nice turnout. And uh, my presentation was on integrating garden-based learning into your curriculum. Because something that a lot of teachers struggle with is how to, 
you know, they want to. They want to bring gardening into the classroom, but teachers are held to this really tight and rigorous schedule. And it's not just in one district. This is no, this everywhere. Is and mm-hmm. and really globally, because I've seen some posts from teachers like in, in England who are teaching different places around England and the UK who talk about the same thing. being The held, curriculum. Yeah, being, being so held to this really mm-hmm. rigid curriculum. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that we want to do is help show educators ways to not sneak in garden learning because you're not sneaking it in, but how to embed it, how to make right. it. Part of the curriculum. Right. And how to really just make it fluid with what you're teaching. And honestly, it actually helps your kids retain this information and will make a better imprint on their brain because we are looking at project-based learning. And my whole presentation was about, you know, purposely designing your lessons for incorporating garden-based learning. So it uses something called backwards design, which is such a teacher thing. And I'm not going to bore everybody (laughs) with this because our entire listening base is not teachers. I'm not a teacher. Um, And you're not a teacher, so I don't want to bore you with it. You're not boring me, but um, (laughs) I'm not going to, you know, do that to everyone else. But what backwards design does is uh, you look at what is the end result? What do I want the kids to be able to do at the end? How do I want them to show what they have learned. So you really are having them, uh, you're really thinking about the end result before you even plan your lesson. Okay, I can follow that. Right, Right. exactly. So what um, we do for garden-based lessons, we kind of come up with the project first. Here is the the objective that kids need to learn. Mm -hmm. And here is a really cool project that goes with that. But, Here's also how you can fit it into the curriculum. So we like to use it through literature, using books, because children love books. They really do. They love being read to. They love reading. So these are some activities that even if you are not a teacher in a classroom, maybe you run an after-school club or you know something like Boys and Girls Club or anything like that, you can use this. Um, we give you a book that you can read to the kids, and then there's some different activities that you can do with to incorporate to incorporate mm-hmm. reading, writing, speaking and listening, um, math, social studies, science, really across the entire curriculum, which is what gardens do. People don't realize that gardens can go across the entire curriculum. You can teach everything from a garden. Um, there's so much history that's in garden. There's science. There's so much that ties that does tie into literature and literacy and reading and, uh, of course, math. Hello. So isn't this something that we've done as Belong yes. Garden Project? Um, yes. Come up with lesson plans. We have. We've come yeah. up with some lesson plans. And what I was able to do is present um, some of the book titles and some of the lesson plans that we've actually done that I've actually been able to do in the classroom. Um, one of the books, it was something that we kind of were able to test Mm -hmm. in a couple of classrooms and get feedback and use that feedback to refine the lessons and create modifications for teachers.
You might have noticed that we talk about Healthy Kids Running Series a lot during our podcast, and that's because I'm one of the coordinators for the Mullica Hill Mantua location. Healthy Kids Running Series is a national community-based nonprofit that provides a fun and inclusive five-week series for ages 2 to 14. It's designed to get kids active, build self-esteem, and lay the foundation for a healthy lifestyle, which is very much in line with what we do with the Lock Garden Project. If you're interested in learning more, check out healthykidsrunningseries.org and click on the Mullica Hill Mantua link. I hope to see you there. Get up and go. So we kind of use that foundation and next generation science standards, which are also national. And, you know, there's these standards that are set for each grade level. And this is what kids should learn and what kids should know. And we build off of that to create really fun and engaging lessons. So one of my favorites was this lesson that uh, I was able to, to do with some of my third graders on economy and really not a subject that I'm, a, you know, I care that much about, which, you know, it's, I was teaching third grade and I was like, wow, how am I going to teach about natural resources and intermediate resources wow. and, and all of this? And we did it to make through, it relatable. We made it relatable right. through a book. So we were able to tie in some social studies talking about migrant workers and, you know, history, because you can also bring in you know, the history of using slavery and also talk about how these things boost the economy and what happens when people don't support those things. And then how do all these resources come into play and letting the children look at their garden that was outside their window at Bullock to see, well, what's a natural resource that we have? What are some intermediate resources? What are, you know, these different types of things and showing this to the the people who were there was exciting. And yeah. these people who were not all teachers were very excited to see this different method of incorporating garden-based learning. So interesting. <laughs> all of our listeners, if you're listening to us, you're just you're just listening to two friends just chit-chatting, just just chitting and chatting. And talking about whatever comes up. That's right. And somehow we were going to tie gardening and garden education and health and all of that stuff into it. Yeah. Somehow. We'll figure it out. We've got this. <laughs> We've totally got this. I know we want, we were talking about this last time mm -hmm. um, about our health journeys. Yes. Oh, my God. My health journey is like up a hill, down a hill, winding road, countryside. Through the river, through the wood. Do you go to grandma's Skipped house? Skip grandma's house. <laughs> <laughs> like, I we didn't go there. Oh, no. The horse did not know the way to carry the sleigh through ice and wind or snow. Did you let it go? I totally had to let it go, let it go. <laughs> you know, I had to. I had to let it go. Yeah. <laughs> I, okay, we went through a childhood Thanksgiving song. <laughs> And then back to Frozen. Yeah, well, you know, all all roads lead back to musicals now. You're, you're welcome, listeners. You're welcome. Yes. Right. All right. So health journeys. Yeah. Why don't you, since you've been over and under and beyond and through and whatnot, why don't you start us off? Why don't you tell us a little bit about what you've been through? Ooh, it's, it's a lot. 
It's a lot. I'm going to try and compress it. Okay. So, um, growing up, I was like, I had asthma, you know, I was one of those kids that had asthma growing up. But when I was a teenager, I was really active. I was, you know, all over the place, did softball. Um, I used to run. Running was my favorite thing to do. Um, even when I was pregnant with my son, I ran up until my eighth month. Wow. I could run a mile. I And I was young, so I didn't really show. I was 21 when I had him. Um, and I just loved running. And as I got older, I guess after I had my son, I started noticing just I was struggling more just with my overall health. And I would go to the doctor and the doctor would say, oh, you're stressed. Oh, it's just stress. You need to relax your stress. But I was stressed. I was a young mom. I was in college. Um, I worked like two jobs. Um, so I really didn't put a lot into, you know, he said I was stressed. So I was like, okay, that's what it is. I'm just stressed. And I want to say my son was maybe 10 when uh, I just started having some really major issues. Like I would sleep for 12 15, 20 hours Wow! Um, at a time, I started gaining weight. And I was working out at the time like six days a week and really active. And I just started gaining all of this weight. Like within a month, I gained about 50 pounds. Oh. Not changing my diet. Um, I was still exercising. I was working out with a trainer. But I started noticing, like, I was so exhausted. And now, like, I tell this story now. Um, I was teaching, and my aide at the time would take the kids outside to recess. Mm -hmm. um, so I could get, like, a 15-minute nap because I just couldn't sustain myself like, through, the day. Th through the day. Right. I was so sleepy all the time. But then I, the insomnia at night kicked in. And for years, I went through this thing, like, I was telling my doctor, something is not right, something's wrong, something's wrong. And he kept saying, you're just stressed, you're just stressed, that's mm. all it is. And this was maybe five, six years of me telling him this. That, that's ridiculous. Right, I you know. Mean, and you and had to be your own advocate but I was young at that time you were thinking yeah this doctor is a doctor yeah you know what your doctor should know right and he had seen me since I was uh since I was young because I went from the pediatrician to this doctor okay so I had known him a long time my whole family went to him right so it's the family doctor right this is it's who literally our family right. doctor mm -hmm. and um I went in one day because I was just like, something's not right. This is not normal. It's not normal for my body to be doing this. And I was still in my 20s. I was in my late 20s. It's not normal for me to feel like this all the time. So I went to the doctor and I demanded, like he would just, again, you're stressed, you're stressed. And I said, look, I don't care what you have to do. I need a referral to an allergist or to a psychiatrist or to someone because something is wrong with me. Somebody that will help you. Right. Obviously. I, right. right. I'm coming to you because something's wrong. I'm telling you, I don't feel good. Something is wrong with my body. So he finally agreed to give me a referral to an allergist. And that is where the crazy 
health journey began for me. Like that's where it really kicked off. So I go to this allergist and he does all the tests, calls me like a week later and the results are in, calls me. I was at school and um, at that time you could call right into the classroom. So I was teaching in a different district. Yeah, the olden days. <laughs> and he had called directly into the classroom and he's like, I need to see you immediately. So, you know, I'm thinking like, it's That's an allergist. Scary. Yeah, no, right. but for a doctor, any doctor to say, I need to see you immediately, your blood test came back. So I go in, I like literally had to go to my principal and say, like, I have to leave. The doctor needs to see me immediately. There's some kind of emergency with my blood work. I go in and the doctor was concerned and he said, how long have you been feeling like this? And I'm telling him it's been like five, six years, you know, right. and um, that I've been actively going to the doctors constantly because something was not right. And he's like, and we're in his office office. He sits me down in the chair and he's like, I want to call your pri your primary care physician. I'm not going to say this doctor's name. So he calls him up and they're talking about my blood work. As a special educator, I knew a lot about um, working with children who are med medically fragile and my specialty was severe and profound disabilities. So they're talking in doctor speak. Mm -hmm. And I understand quite a bit of what is being said. And I was terrified because I'm hearing things like, you know, they're talking about blood counts and all these different things. And I'm like, oh, my God, like, what, what is the happening? heck is going on? Right. And especially because I'm hearing some small things and not enough to really put it all together, but I did understand a lot. Mm -hmm. So he gets off the phone and he turns to me and he goes, first of all, you're not going to see him anymore. Wow. I am now going to take over your care as your primary doctor until you can get in with another doctor. And he said, you have an autoimmune disease. I had no idea what that was. I just heard disease and I was like, oh my God, I'm dying. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm dying. And he said, um, you have something that's called Hashimoto's disease. And again, I'm a mother with a young, single mother, young child. I'm in my, I think by this time I was in my early thirties, right. maybe like 30, 31. And I'm thinking like, oh my God, I'm dying. I'm, that's, that's it. This is what's happening. And he starts describing it to me. He's like, you know, we can tell by your blood work that your thyroid not only is not functioning, but it has not been functioning for a very long time. And what we have to do now, we have to send you for tests for your liver, for your kidneys, for your heart, because untreated, all of those critical organs can be damaged beyond repair. So, of course, I'm panicking. And he said, he's like, the thing is... And back was, then, there was no Dr. Google. There was, yeah, there was no <laughs> Google. There was no Dr. Google. There was no WebMD, right. you know, which I've been told to stay off of. But <laughs> I think we've all been told You that. know, yeah. So I was just panicked. And all of a sudden, you know, the doctor is in this office and he's making all of these appointments for me. And he actually connected me to who Dr. Milstein, who was my now 
primary care physician who's been absolutely amazing right. with um, University of Pennsylvania. And, um, you know, what What they did, they did all the stuff and, and explained to me what Hashimoto's is. So when you have an autoimmune disease, what happens is your body turns against itself. It turns in on itself. And it can attack any organ. And it just so happened that my body saw my thyroid as an enemy, enemy of the state, mm -hmm. and it started attacking it. So the white blood cells or was it, the white blood cells attack when there's a virus or mm -hmm. something's wrong. It, it had literally eaten through my thyroid. And the allergist told me, he said, your, your primary care physician should have caught this years ago because apparently when I was like 19, and I had routine, no, I was 17 because I had blood work done before I went to college and um, 17, 18. And it showed up that I had rheumatoid arthritis. So I know, I know, like Mayor's giving me this look like, what? Well, he said it should have alerted the doctor where he went, she should what? not be this old right. with rheumatoid arthritis. We should do additional tests. So rheumatoid arthritis is an autoimmune disease. So at that time, my levels were not that off. If they had caught it early, it would have saved my thyroid. I could have been on medication and I wouldn't have as many health problems as I have now because, because that was left so long, my body has actually developed like four or three other autoimmune diseases in response to in response right so and that's what happens if you have one it's much easier for your body to develop others so my body is constantly fighting with itself and i think to me the most severe one because now my hashimoto's is perfectly treated and contained actually my levels last time i went were the best that they had been since i'd been diagnosed and it all went back to, thank you, but it all tied back to eating healthy and making this lifestyle change okay. that, you know, I'll totally share with you. Hi, everyone. It's Sonia, founder and CEO of the Bullock Garden Project Incorporated. The Bullock Garden Project, or BGP as we like to call it, is a nationally recognized 501c3 nonprofit organization dedicated to supporting schools and organizations build and maintain gardens for learning for children across the globe. If you are interested in bringing a garden to your school or organization, please don't hesitate to contact us. Also, if you're interested in bringing us out for a workshop, we do that as well. Please just visit the BGP website and click on the Contact Us tab. We promise it comes directly to us and we will answer you back as soon as possible. That's B-U-L-L-O-C-K gardenproject.org and we look forward to hearing from you soon. Okay, so um, you're gonna share with us. Yeah, I'm gonna totally share with you. So what happened? Um, one of the conditions that that I have creates too much histamine in my blood. 
So really what happens is my body is in this constant state of allergic reaction. And, you know, yeah. 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 <laughs> the garden chick. Uh, constant state of allergic reaction. So how's that working for you? Uh, it, it, now it's managed, so I'm used to it. I can tell when it's really bad. Um, I have had scary moments. Um, I went into a, a pretty severe anaphylactic episode at school once, thankfully before any of the kids came in, so none of the kids... But you know, I heard about it through the mommy grapevine. Yes, that, and people thought that I'd broke my nose because they... I, I was taken out of school. It was before the school day began and I was taken out via stretcher in an ambulance oh, yeah. and little Teasy was right there by my side. Missy Tease, my, my, my partner, um, yeah, my co-teaching partner was right there by my side, but they had the oxygen mask on me. So oh, I think people thought that, that they thought right. that there was something like a bandage on my nose. Oh. So the story was that Miss Harris had broke her nose. And I let the kids think that because I, how do you tell kids? Right. Well, no, I was actually dying. Right. So after that, um, I had to make some severe changes. So right. one of the things that happened, I started this medication that is, I mean, it's pretty scary. It's, it's a chemo, like a biological chemotherapy. And I have to go, I went from every three weeks getting these injections to now every six weeks. And do I like it? No, but it keeps me alive and it keeps me out of constant anaphylaxis. Important. Pretty important. Mm -hmm. But also what I had to do was do some research and my allergist was on me for years about giving up meat. Okay. And he said, you really should give up land meat because you're eating the thing that eats what you're allergic to. So I'm allergic to grass and trees, every single tree in the Northeast I'm allergic to. And especially wow. pines. And what surrounds my house? Oh, yeah. Pines. Oh. <laughs> I'm bordered by pines. My beautiful pines that are in the yard. Yeah. But, um, you know, it, I just had to, to learn how to live this healthier journey. This is where I am right now. So right. I don't eat land meats. I eat fish. Like, your mom just cooked us a beautiful salmon dinner. I love your mom. Did. <laughs> and, um, you know, so she I. She loves you right back. I do. So. <laughs> so I you do. said fish and she's like, okay. I know. <laughs> and then she picks, like, one of my favorites is salmon. So, I, you know, I do eat salmon and, and diff different fish for the protein. And, of course, that's one of the things, like, gardening and gardening with the kids it really made me stop and go, I have to be healthier because I want to be an example for the kids. So now, you know, I'm coming off of this spinal injury I'm still dealing with, but I'm working out. I'm feeling better. I'm feeling stronger. You're moving. I'm moving. I'm losing weight. I've lost like 40 pounds now. That's incredible. So you have to do what you have to do. Right. You know, right. and I feel good. And, doesn't it make all the difference in the world? It makes all of the difference, yeah. except for when I had like no voice because that part was hard. Right. You know, when I had when I caught a little cold from the baby, little flu. Right. But um, but yeah, overall, I feel great. You've been feeling really good. I feel really, really good, and I'm glad that I've had um, you guys, my friends, my sisters, supporting me along this journey. So if I don't feel good, you guys are always right there for me. And you understand sometimes I'm like, oh, I'm having a flare day and 
everything hurts and you yeah. guys are just there for me and I appreciate that. We'll always be there for you. That's our job. I know. Well, okay, but enough about me. I'm bored of me. <laughs> I want all of our listeners to hear your journey because you like you're the inspiration. Aww. I'm totally not going to sing because it's not going to happen. Everyone will be mad at us and turn us off. But I don't know if I'm the inspiration. <laughs> you are. You are totally my my running slash workout inspiration. She is a beast. She's amazing. Oh. So Mare's going to tell her story. <laughs> okay. Get ready, Mare. I'm going to introduce you and your story. I'm ready. I feel like I need a drum roll before I do this. Like, all right. So now coming to the podcast stage, Meredith Daniel from the Bullock Garden Project discusses her journey on the run. Ah, oh, <laughs> I did there. <laughs> no, but seriously, tell us about your journey, Mare, because it's really inspiring. Well, I, like most people, I think that, you know, I was active when I was younger yeah. and I was never, um, you know, particularly concerned with my weight or anything like that. And then got into my twenties and started eating a little bit more, um, like what you do when you're in your twenties, right? Especially right. in college and drinking and doing all the, the stuff that, you know, helps you gain weight and I, you become a little bit more sedentary in mm-hmm. your lifestyle and so I was just putting on weight, which I, you know, I, I think when I got married, mm-hmm. um, I was heavier than I am now. And it was like one of those things that I was like, oh, you know, this is kind of mm-hmm. just, you know, whatever. Yeah, this I was is just me. This right. Is just me. Right. Like it, it wasn't, I wasn't thrilled with myself yeah. and I didn't feel good about myself, but I wasn't there in my mental state to change mm-hmm. things. So I just was like rolling with things. Yeah. And, um, I got pregnant with Lucas mm. and I have PCOS, which is polycystic ovarian syndrome. Oh my God. I do too. Yeah. It's not surprising. Whoa. <laughs> look at that. We yeah. attract each other. Yeah. Um, so they've like, doctors have always said to me, Oh, well you have mm-hmm. PCOS. So, you know, sometimes you just gain Ooh, weight. You know what? Explain PCOS. Cause we do have some male listeners. Okay. So that's polycystic ovarian syndrome. Mm-hmm. And it's actually an insulin, um, insulin resistance mm-hmm. that you kind of have with your body going on. Yeah. And it is tied to your reproductive system. And I found a specialist that was fantastic and actually put me on metformin, which is what is used for mm-hmm. people who have diabetes. Um, so I was on that for a little bit. Um, but with PCOS, you also can have problems, like I said, with yeah. getting pregnant. Um, so I was, you know, dealing with all of that. I won't right. go into the details of it because <laughs> I just, it, it's, suffice it's to journey. say, it is a journey. Um, I I do have two beautiful children, yeah. so here I am. Um, but with that, I along with that, I started to exercise. I did a mm-hmm. um, a class called Stroller Strides. Which oh is my a gosh, so cute. What is stroller stride? It's a stroller workout class. And I had so much success with it as a participant um, that I went into training as a teacher. Wait a minute, but how do you work out with a stroller besides walking? Oh, well, you do. Um, we had resistance bands 
So we would stop and we would do, um, you know, like chest flies or we would do different activities. And then while you're doing these activities, you're doing like a song for your children. Oh my gosh, that is adorable. Yeah, we would be at the park and we would, you know, walk with the strollers Mm -hmm. and brisk walk. um, Or if you're feeling up to it, you can jog a little bit. But at that point... I was not a runner or a jogger or anything of the like. So I was a brisk walker. Yeah. That was okay for me. Um, and then we would stop and we would sing like Mary Had a Little Lamb or sing ABCs oh or something like that. So it was incorporating the children yeah. in the workout, which was really important because yeah. um, when kids are singing strollers, they can tend to get a little bit bored and antsy. <laughs> right. But it was an hour class. And we would do 45 minutes of walking and doing these stations. And then we would stop in the last couple of minutes. We would do like ab exercises. Mm -hmm. Um, So that during the abs, we would take the kids out and like let them run around. Oh, that is so sweet. It was super cute. And I did it. Um, I started doing that with Lucas when he was 15 months. Mm -hmm. And I felt so good and felt really like I did it three mornings a week. Wow. um, And felt such... A love for the program that I then became an instructor. That is incredible. And so then when I had Gabriel, I worked out all through my pregnancy doing this shortler strides. Wow. And now I think it's called Fit for Mom. I think it's oh, like cool. been a little bit modified and updated. Well, maybe we can find that and put a link you Absolutely. Know, in yeah. our description. Yeah. How awesome is that? It's really cool. So from shortler strides, I met uh, like a ton of different people in the area, uh-huh. different moms and people that oh, were interested nice. in like, you know, working out and yeah. kind of having that similar hive mind mentality, uh-huh. which is yeah, always that community. Yes. Always a good thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so there were a couple of the moms we kept saying like, we should run. Okay. We kept saying, and wait, wait, wait. And, but you guys weren't runners at the time? No. Oh, no, okay. No, but just we like, we should that. just do it. We should run. Because, you know, like, that's the next logical step. We had these jogging strollers. Like, I had a Bob Revolution, oh, which is a run yes. stroller. Um, like, well, I have the equipment. And all you need is sneakers. That's what they tell you about running. Like, yeah. It's not expensive. No, you just need sneakers. You but need you sneakers. need really you, do. you can't just go buy some cute Nikes. That's right. That's right. Well, the running company, Malika Hill, they have different locations. Which I love. And we will put a link for them, too. We will. They're incredible. They are I'm wearing. Fantastic. I'm wearing sneakers from them right now. Oh, I like them. Only place cute. I get them. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. So um, they always have been, you mm-hmm. know fantastic and and helped me choose the right sneaker for me right so finally finally Finally. after like having gabriel and kind of i i think my first real i'm going to be a runner i'm Mm -hmm. gonna run was i watched my friend victoria she's my bestie and i've known her forever um she ran the philadelphia marathon in 2010 (gasps) And it was her first marathon ever. She had done tons of halves and she was 26.2. 26.2. Full marathon. Full marathon. This was her first. And she was doing it in Philly. So, well, naturally, I was going to be there. Right. Right. So she stayed stayed at my house one night and then we stayed with her friend in the city um, the night before the marathon. Uh And I was cheering for her. And I don't know if you've ever cheered. At a race. Never. 
I've it, never cheered at a I've never been to a okay, real Okay, well, race. if you want to start running and if I'm the inspiration, we've got to get you out to a race. Okay. Because there is nothing more motivating than watching people run. Oh. It is unlike anything you can imagine because when you're out there and you're cheering for other people, yes. you see every sort of type of person there is. You see people that might have a prosthetic leg. You wow. see people that might be overweight, not a little overweight, yeah. a lot. You wow. see people that might be just having a, might be a runner, but just having a bad day or having an injury or dealing yeah. with something. And it's so motivational to see these people out there and they're doing it. Oh my They're gosh. doing it no matter whether they are fast, whether mm-hmm. they're in the middle, whether they look like they're struggling and they're, you're seeing other people yeah. like struggle together. Oh, you know what I'm saying? It's yeah. just one of those things that is very inspiring. And oh that gosh. is when I was like, I'm going to run. I might wow. not I might not ever do a marathon, but I am going to run. Right. Oh my so. gosh. That's in, that's amazing and that's something to hear because I you know, when you see it on TV, you never see what you're talking about. You might see that occasional story about, oh, this person who lost their limbs and mm-hmm. something and mm-hmm. here they are. You know, every now and again. Right. Not but you norm. don't, yeah, you don't see the struggle. But you've been to, well, you've participated in, but you've also been to a lot of races where you've shown support. So you get to see a lot more than, I guess, what yeah, a spectator from TV would see. Absolutely. And I think it's, it's really impressive to see, like, I, I feel like running is for anybody and everybody. Oh. You know, and, and I never really. That's why you're inspirational. Well, you know what, though? When I was younger, mm-hmm. I never, like, if you asked me in high school if yeah. I thought I'd be running and running long distances and half marathons. Yeah. I would have said, you are <laughs> joking. Because there is no way. Because I never felt that love when I was at that age. I had to get to this point in my life. Oh, my God. To get there. So in 2010, that's when I saw my friend Victoria run her first marathon. So cool. And in 2011 is when I started running. Wow. How did you get started with, like, when you just woke up one day and was like, you know, I'm going to run today? No. (laughs) How did you start? I knew I wanted to start, and Mm -hmm. I knew that I needed something to get me going. Okay. Um. And I kept telling my dad that I wanted to do this, I think, mm-hmm. and his gym was getting rid of treadmills um, oh. to upgrade to, like, a new treadmill. Right. And he knew I was doing, like, stroller shrides and stuff like that, but he said, do you think you would have any interest in, in getting a treadmill? Like, wow. do you think that that a gym-grade treadmill is something that you'd be interested in? Okay. And, you know, they were selling them for a very nominal fee, uh-huh. especially for what it was. Wow. Um, yeah, I've so, seen your treadmill. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty it's legit. wicked. Yeah, 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 it is um, an awesome treadmill. Uh-huh. And so my dad said, listen, you know, for 
an early birthday present, I will pay Aww. half if you guys want to pay the other half, and we can transport it down and get it. That was so sweet. Yeah, yeah. And so that was something that um, really motivated me to start mm-hmm. doing okay, and moving. Um, and right around that time was when, and I think you and I might have talked about this in the past, mm-hmm. um, it's right around the time that my son, my younger son, was diagnosed with autism. Mm-hmm. And at the time, I didn't really know where he was going to land on the spectrum. Right. You know, because he was young and he wasn't really speaking a lot. Right. Um, so I didn't know what he, what kind of quality of life he would have. Right. So as a mother, that's, that's so stressful. It, it's already stressful enough as a mother, being a mother and taking care of two young children. I mean, I only took care of one and it was stressful, but two. But now you have you know a child who's been diagnosed with something and and you're just unaware and unsure and right we just on this path we didn't know what path it was right um and so I needed something that I could control right I needed something where I would be in charge of things and I type a we've talked yeah, about this yep. this is who i am you gotta have control right and so this was something that i could have control over yeah. so that's when i started running and i started on the treadmill and it was brutal and mm-hmm. um i was journaling my experiences so the people that are wow yeah people, that's really smart well, and I did it on Tumblr, too, so it was a public forum. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I have friends that were reading as I was going. Oh. And, like, at the first quarter mile that I ran, I okay. would write about it. And um, the shoes that I had were old. And when I first started on that treadmill, yeah, I was getting blisters, and I was very Ooh. uncomfortable. And so... One day I was just like, ugh, I just want to take these shoes off. Maybe that'll be better. Pro tip, <laughs> don't run on a treadmill. No, in your bare your feet. <laughs> Please tell me you at least had bare feet and not socks. No, I had bare feet. Oh, God. And, oh, oh I, I mean, man. I still remember that day. And I still remember coming up the stairs from my basement and my older son looking at me. <laughs> Were your feet like bleeding? Oh, <laughs> just raw. They were raw. Oh, it was my such God. a disaster. And oh. I like remember back to those hard days, and I think yeah. I was just like searching for something right. that I could do because right. I just I didn't know what to do with myself. Plus, it was also a stress reliever for you, so it, yeah. it gave you that, like we said, it gave you that outlet. Yeah, it did. Wow. And so, and from there, I signed up for. Um, my first race ever. Which, From bleeding feet. Right. To, to signing, your first race. Right. And I, so I was scared. I was terrified to run outside. So okay. Everybody's like, oh, are you going to sign up for something? And I was like, oh, I guess I should. Cause that's like the next logical step. Right. Um, but you know, some people would sign up for, you know, a 5k mm-hmm. or something small. And Uh-oh. I signed up for... <laughs> A mud run. What's a mud run? Like, it was called the Down and Dirty. It was in Fairmont Park. Oh, in Philly. In Philly. Okay. And it was like, there were obstacles. 
and there was a mud pit. Like those boot camp things that you see? Yeah, I would liken it to one of those. It was... Oh, for your very (laughs) first race, yeah, because that... Out the gate. Right out the gate. Yeah. Why not, Mayor? So, oh my, my best friend Victoria uh-huh. was like, well, if you're doing it, I'm coming down and I'll That's be there. That's wonderful. Oh, my gosh. The support that... Right. Yeah. And then my friend Camille um, said, she lives in California, uh-huh. and she's like, I'll fly in. And I'll do oh, it with you, too. that's great. So, Victoria is definitely a more advanced runner than uh-huh. Camille or I, and so Cam and I... We're like, you go, you go. <laughs> we'll, we'll be we back here. <laughs> struggle through the mud on our own. Right, right. So, like, we had to, like, you know, throw ourselves over walls and, like, climb up ropes and, like, all this stuff. Whoa. And it was intense and scary. And Camille and I, oh I don't God. know why I keep calling her Camille because I call her Cam. But I think. Shout out, Camille. She, I love that Cam. girl. I love her. Um. But, like, she and I were, like, holding on to each other to make sure that we didn't, like, <laughs> drift away in the mud. I don't know. It was... We came home, oh and our God. our clothes were saturated with mud. But like, wait so much so... You made it through. I made it through. You made it through. It was my first race ever. <laughs> that, that's incredible. How... Can I ask how long it took you to do that course? Like, what was the, I guess, average... Do you remember the I average think finishing? Victoria, I want to say Victoria probably finished in like maybe 35 minutes or okay. 38 minutes or something like cool. that. And I'm pretty sure that Cam and I took like an hour. Wow. <laughs> but still, that's but really... But that's obstacles. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's we had to crawl through mud. like tunnels. I mean, it was ridiculous. <laughs> <What>? I don't... <laughs> I'm going to take this as Mare's not recommending that any new runner do, do that. A mud run is so their first race. I will race. not be doing any well, mud runs. Also, um, I do have to say that after that, I got talked into doing another mud run. <laughs> and, what? And I did that one too. And it was just as miserable as the first. And I'm not knocking mud runs for anybody who like enjoys them. That's great yeah. for you. Go you. But I'm never never doing one of them again. oh my god yeah you, you did two back to me. back so was, was well, that no. your two first no no oh, so okay. i did another mud run like a couple of years later maybe uh-huh. it was just a year later maybe i was like dumb and thinking like oh maybe this one will be better <laughs> same it's exact the same thing, thing. <laughs> <laughs> it was not better you're like two seconds in like why yeah, yeah. and also i wear glasses so like getting and i don't wear contacts so, like, getting into the mud and, like, getting mud all over your glass that you can't see. So, that's, like, an additional obstacle. You know? It's, just, it's not a good, not a no, good sign. No, it's not. And I'm laughing because, I mean, I have on contacts. I always wear contacts. But, you know, I wear glasses. Right. I, like, I hate when you're, it's cold outside and you walk into a warm building. Yes, and, they and they fog, fog up. up. Or oh, my God. When it's cold in your AC and then you walk You go outside, outside and they fog, fog up. up. Oh, my gosh. So, I can't imagine. Like, yeah. I get frustrated with that. I can't imagine. You're, you're now covered in mud. Right. And so is your vision of sight, well, and then your line I, of sight. What's so funny is like that I asked one of, the, um, one of the volunteers there uh-huh. who is army 
because uh, that's who is running the, or was like volunteering the event, yeah. like an army ROTC or something. I right, and um, I said, could you wipe off my glasses, like somewhere? <laughs> and she basically she took just water and like poured it <laughs> in my head. <laughs> Like, oh, and it was a woman, too. Yeah. Okay. I was like, Thanks. You know what? She was like, come on, girlfriend. Toughen up. Toughen up, buttercup. Yes. Wow. Okay. So, yeah. So, but my second race was later that year, and I did the um, Rothman 8K during the Philly Marathon nice. weekend. Okay. And then my third race, because, you know, go big or go home. Who right? says that? I love going home. <laughs> so do I. My third race oh my was 2012's Princess 5K the first day and half marathon the second day. Wait, in, in Disney? Disney. So, yeah. I'm did, in a frozen state right now. I did a 5K on Saturday. And then you did a half? And then I did my first half on ever. On Sunday? On Sunday. Okay, so how did you do... I didn't. <laughs> I'm oh. still here to tell the tale. Oh my gosh. Oh my goodness. That is phenomenal. I'm and so proud of you. I would love to do the Disney thing. Yeah, I did a lot of Disney races, yeah. especially at first. Cause, and I think that my husband was mm-hmm. very supportive. First of all, he thought when we got the treadmill that it was just going to be like a glorified clothes hanger. <laughs> so he was thrilled to see me using it. <laughs> you actually it. used it. Right. And then, um, you know, when I was doing all these like racecations, that's what they call them. Oh, Racecations. Yeah. Race-cations. So like I was going to Florida and I was going mm-hmm. to California for a lot of the run Disney races, but it was, you know, I was being active and I was being moving and it yeah. was something for me. Aww. And I think that he realized that in that moment, in that mm-hmm. time, I needed things you needed for that. me. Yeah. Yeah. So like mental health as well as physical health. Yes, definitely. Definitely. That's yeah. one of the things that I miss most about running because I look back, you know, and I'm no spring chicken anymore, but I look back and I remember how it was like how I cleared my my mind because mm-hmm. you could just take off and yeah that pace and that thump thump like to me that was like a, like a soothing rhythm absolutely and you know I well you know I've told you the ultimate goal was to get back to you're going to to run it's gonna happen so. and and also in addition to the running I also started weight training yes oh yes yeah yeah so, you did and that um that's amazing yeah, it's something that I really enjoy. Mm-hmm. So now, you know, through the years, through 2011, when I started running and then picking right. up weight training and everything, now we're in 2019, Yeah, and I've seen my weight kind of fluctuate up and down. I'm a little bit higher than I'd like to be right now. Yeah. Um, just, you know, as far as being comfortable in my body. Mm-hmm. So, but I recognize, like, why. <laughs> uh-huh. It's not an enigma to me. It's not a mystery. Um, and so I'm just doing little things to be a bit healthier, to be... But that's what it's all about, Mayor. Right. It's just all about that being healthier in some ways. Mm-hmm. And look at how far you've come. Right. And right. that's, that's amazing. And being mindful. Yeah. You, you know, you I are. think that, well, 
I try to be. I think that there are some times when, you know, I, I do things where I'm not intentional with yeah. my thoughts or my... But that's called being human. Right. Right. So. Yeah. Yeah. So it's that delicate balance. Yeah. You have to I, have fun with life. I get it because I know we're both like that, you know, put pressure on ourselves yes. and everything else, but you're human. Right. And right. it's okay. I, you've accomplished a lot. And yes. like I said, you're my like health inspiration. So <laughs> wait, <laughs> you just went. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that was so cute. <laughs> like I don't know if I should be flattered or terrified. Like a little bit of both. No, it's awesome. And I remember the day that we. Uh, a couple years ago, where me, you, and Charlie actually yes. went running around like, Rowan campus. Yeah. And I, like, I was so gung-ho and with it. And I was so inspired. But you were so just wonderful as a friend. Like, come on, you got this. We can do it. So, I am everybody's biggest cheerleader when it comes to things like that. I love that. And that's that's yeah. another great reason, like, you with the Healthy Kids Running Series Cause you are out there cheering those little kids on, and it's so stinking cute. Oh my gosh, it's so cute. They're very. Cute. If you are in the local area, Healthy Kids <laughs> Running Series, Malika Hill, you can register now. Um, <laughs> Thanks for the plug. I'm just Sonia. saying, I gotta do a little shout out because it's amazing to see these little kids out there actually just enjoy. I mean, kids run. That's what they do, and. It's they so get cute. out there and they just love running. It is the cutest thing ever, especially those little littles, the two threes. They are adorable. Oh my gosh! I can't wait until my niece, oh, the little nugget. I will love to. See who's that. already a little runner? She yeah. likes to grab things and run. So I know she's gonna trust me. She's gonna be out there. Healthy Kids Running Series. I can't wait. To I see may just her. bring her. For the next race and be like, we're going to have our own category of one-year-olds. One-year-olds just running free. There's I, no path. Just run free. I'm just going to let her run. Run, run free, crazy little baby. <laughs> run, Nugget, run. Aww, love it. Oh, my gosh. But, yeah, so I think this is a good time to start wrapping up. I think so, too. You know, we want to thank everyone for listening to us on our Health Journey podcast. <laughs> and if you have any questions or comments or... Or if you want to tell us about your health journey, we, we are definitely, always interested. Definitely would love to hear about your different health journeys. And especially, you know what, maybe, you know, if you're interested in sharing with us, maybe you could be a guest on our podcast. You know, that would be great. We love connecting with other people, and we know there's other people out there who have had interesting journeys in health. We'd love to connect with you. Yeah, in in life, just in general. Actually, maybe episode five, maybe we should do a little... Oh, we should do a, like, bring on a guest, maybe? Yeah. Because we know some pretty cool people. We do. So maybe for episode five, we'll bring on our first guest. So let's scour our little universe that we have here i bet we can find somebody good i bet we could i bet we could so hang in there with us guys and thank you you. we'll see you next time and don't throw away your 
Shut. <laughs> I mean, come on. Last time we did Wizard Unite, I have to do a Hamilton thing. That's right. So, um, be like your country. I was going to say A dot ham. Uh, oh. A dot burr. M oh, no. dot Dan. <laughs> <laughs> S dot hair. Sure, let's go with it. Let's go with it. All right, we'll see you next time, everybody. Bye, guys.